is race week, and we are back with another episode of the Eaton Asphalt Podcast. As always, I am Ian. And I'm Marco. Marco, it's race week. We finally made it. How good does this feel right now? Like, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on cloud nine. Dude, I think I was, like, on my second time through of Drive to Survive. I was like, this can't, I got it, I need it. Right when it came out, just, like, the nice little pick-me-up. This is, like, the icing of all icings on a cake. Well, we made it. Um, let's get back into the groove of things, you know? Pick up, get a little rhythm going. Uh, starting off this episode, we're going to have a little bit of news, things that have happened leading up to this Bahrain Grand Prix. We'll preview Bahrain, get a little bit of practice talk since we're recording on a Friday, and then finish up with some race predictions. Race predictions are back, and we are excited to compete there. So, uh, let's start off with some news. Marco, why don't you kick us off? All right, um, some pretty recent news, and I think it's probably some of the like more interesting news we've talked about in the last episode. Ukraine, Russia, terrible. This causes, since we've last talked, causes Nikita out of F1, Russian Grand Prix, like we said, officially out, brings in one of my favorite drivers, Kevin Magnuson. I am so stoked that they picked him. I, I have no idea what to think with Haas in general and Kevin this midfield slash like towards the end of the midfield, I don't know who, I don't know how this is going to play out. I'm very excited. I think it's a powder keg, one way or the other, with, uh, you know, Kevin Magnuson coming in and Mick Schumacher still being a rookie. We don't really know how good Mick is. Like, we haven't had like a good enough benchmark with Nikita. Uh, he brought money, but he didn't necessarily bring too much speed. So, yeah, I think it's either going to, uh, they're going to propel each other into maybe even like the bottom of the midfield. Um, or, yeah, it's just going to be another very dark year for the American team. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't really know. I'm, I'm excited he's back, though. I am, too. Yeah. I, uh, and him and Hulkenberg on this. I mean, who would have thought in 2022 <laughs> that we have the first race of the year, a Ke- Kevin Magnuson, Nico Hulkenberg race again? I, I would never would have guessed in a thousand years. For those of you who aren't excited by that pairing, that comes from a, uh, a post-race interview where Kevin Magnuson kindly told Nico Hulkenberg to uh, suck his balls, mate, I think was the quote. So yeah, these two do have a rivalry that's going to be exciting to see play out on track. Like, who would have thought we would have we would have seen this after Kevin moves on from Formula One? Nico is just, uh, you know, just a reserve driver, and lo and behold, we get this matchup once again. I mean, yeah, if it doesn't make it more exciting, I mean, like, this is fantastic. So, yeah, very excited for that. (laughs) Good stuff. Next up on the docket, we have to talk about Mercedes and their car. Uh, You knew something was going to be up their sleeve when they were testing in Bahrain and, you know, not necessarily showing their hand. Mercedes always loves to keep stuff kind of close to the chest. Um, But they showed up to free practice one this morning with a very different car. Um, so that you know basically doesn't have side pods it's like a little torpedo looking car Um, the mirrors are also a point of contention right now because um, there was some talk about them like I think Mattia Bonotto the principal of Ferrari said that you know they're not allowed to have like an aerodynamic benefit Um, they just have to be like you know structural and not like strategy in terms of aerodynamics what happened after that is Mercedes and Toto in his infinite knowledge and influence basically said, uh, well, actually, if that's the case, we're going to change the rules. And that's what happened. So never doubt the power of Toto Wolf and that Mercedes team. Uh, yeah, so just like a, a really different car. Um, free practice hasn't been going great. 
for them. Not too much to like read into there, but uh, but yeah, it is interesting that they're making these like big changes and it's not necessarily working out at least off the jump. Yeah, no, totally agree. I had a question for you. I saw a bunch of pictures regarding the Mercedes mirrors. Could you see anything that like from the naked eye be like, oh yeah, that's like that's helping them. Not even kind of. And staying on the Mercedes train here, uh, Marco, stop me if you've heard this before, but it smells like Mercedes are sandbagging again. That ring a bell at all? I may have heard it a time or two, potentially. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have Lewis getting quoted saying, I don't think we will be competing for wins. Uh, at the beginning of the season here, that's what he has to say. If you're a new F1 fan, um, this may seem as like, oh, this is going to really shake things up. Just to give you a perspective of what F1 drivers are thinking, Lando was quoted saying, McLaren are in a good place. We know we have a lot of work to do, a lot more than Lewis says Merck have to do. Max was a skeptic about Mercedes skepticism, saying that, you know, if someone does well, then Mercedes says, oh, we're definitely not the favorite. And then a week later, when things go well from them, um, it's like, oh, we turn it around in a week. It's not normal. We're unbelievable. Thanks to all the people in the factory. Carlos Sainz said, I think it's typical Mercedes hyping up the others and then coming to the first race and they blow away the competition, which is typical. So just to get in again, you know, what is he talking about? Dug through the archives. Um, back in March 7th of 2017, James Gray wrote an article saying, Lewis Hamilton reveals Mercedes problems at F1 testing. So that was 2017. At the end of the season, Mercedes had beaten Ferrari by 146 points. The next year... March 9th of 2018, so about a year and two days, uh, an author named Jamie Klein wrote an article saying Hamilton says Red Bull could pose Mercedes a real challenge in F1 2018. What happened at the end of that season? Well, Mercedes beat Ferrari by 84 points. The next year, which was 2019, an article was published on March 1st saying that Ferrari were a half second ahead, according to Lewis Hamilton, as he predicted his toughest battle yet. What happened at the end of that season? They beat Ferrari by 235 <laughs> points. 235 points. Moving on a year after that, at the end of February of 2020, Jonathan Noble said Mercedes faces, quote, plenty of problems before 2020 F1 opener, according to Lewis Hamilton. What happened at the end of that season? Mercedes beat Red Bull by 254 points. And finally, last year, March 13th of 2021, Lewis Hamilton admitted that Mercedes were struggling during preseason testing says he was only an eighth fastest after spinning off Bahrain track and says the world championship team had yet to find the sweet spot on the car. What happened? Of course, they beat Red Bull by 28 points. So um, this is kind of nothing new. I think even in practice today, people on Twitter were seeing, um, you know, Mercedes seemingly struggling during a practice session. They're like, oh, this is the year. This is the year. But honestly, like until I see it halfway through the season, the Mercedes have fallen off. You just can't count this team out. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to pretend like I'm getting excited because the truth is I'm not. Okay. Have you ever heard of the story <laughs> of the boy who cried wolf? Yeah, I have. You have, I right? I that one. You have. And yeah. how does that story go? It goes, this kid says like, oh, like wolf's out to get here. And then eventually there is a wolf. No one believes him. And it's like, kid dies. I think this might be the year of the boy who cried wolf. I could be wrong. I like shame on me if I am, but something about this doesn't feel right. I don't know. This is different than I like the, it. the other years that I've seen. I feel like this could be something a struggle. Maybe it's the first half of the season, but I think there is going to be uh, like tougher times ahead than they've faced in the past eight years. 
I like that. So kind of like a reverse redemption story with a Toto Wolf involved is what you're saying. They're saying basically like this time they're like, we're kind of serious. Like this is, I know you guys don't believe us, like, but we're actually, we're actually like kind of a little bit worried now. And with like Ferrari's improvements, like everyone else was such a grade behind that we have some more players towards the top where it's not just a one man like race. Now he's got to deal with two other guys. Well, let's hope to God that you're right. I because, think so. yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the, eventually the wolf comes home to roost is how I think that saying goes, right? Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, moving right along, we have Roman Grosjean. I mean, like, once again, we talk about Kevin Magnussen. We didn't see him. Like, having Roman Grosjean in the same week talking about with same news as Kevin Magnussen in 2022, like, who would have thought? Again, he goes on to say, Not me. I would have said no if Haas called him about his F1 comeback, which I mean, like, I just want to say this right now. Official Eaton Asphalt <laughs> statement. Marco and Ian both unreservedly admit that they also would have said no if Haas called for the Haas F1 driver seat. Just want to officially make that statement. Unreserved from my point of view. If Haas called me right now and said, Ian, the time has come, you, we need you in a seat, I would say, no thanks. I'm, I'm happy with Yeah, I, I love what I do, and I'm not thinking about switching. <laughs> it's going to take an army to get me out of this current situation that I'm in. Professionally. <laughs> Professionally, mentally, physically, I'm out. <laughs> uh, yeah, so good on him for really drawing the line in the sand. Not taking any, you know, not trying to get swindled or sold on uh, on this by any way. I also heard that uh, Vladimir Putin, quote, would have said no if NATO offered him a special VIP membership into NATO. Um, so we have that piece of news. It's like strangely, like, co- you know, coincidence that that's, uh, that, that like phrase seems to be going around. Whoa. That is something I did not yeah. hear, actually. Wow. Crazy enough, I have like some special people on speed dial. Oh. Hillary Clinton actually would have said no if the American people <laughs> called her to step in as president. Yeah. I also heard that Jared, the subway guy, quote, would have said no to coming back as a mascot for the Sandwich Enterprise. Heard that was a, just a he rumor. He said, not, I'm done with this relationship. Yeah. He said, that's that's the old me. Wow. That, um, that is some crazy news. First of all, the fact that we're like both Shefties, like Adam Schefter of like the political and social world just getting updates like that fantastic but like look at that. that's what reporters and journalists do you have connection we got range baby wow incredible and switching gears we also want to talk about uh colin herda back in the news remember colin herda you know american guy racer taco connoisseur um overall california bro Surfer who just happens legend. to be just an absolute legend of a character um, back in the news with Andretti because Andretti is rumored to be buying Sauber, Alfa Romeo. Um, yeah, it's it's exciting because we could see an American on the grid a lot sooner than people thought. And yeah, it would be a really cool American at that. We always want good representation. And with Colin, I think we'd have it. Obviously, having an American in the sport is the name of the game. Speaking of name, Lewis Hamilton, seven-time world champion of Formula One, is changing his name. Marco, you know Lewis Hamilton, do you not? Yes. Well, <laughs> I do. Um, say, say goodbye to Lewis Hamilton and let me introduce you to Sir Lewis Carl Davidson Hamilton Larbalester. Wow. Changed person, honestly. 
Larbalester. All right, couple. Larbalester. Isn't that? Rolls off the tongue. <laughs> Larbalester. Larbalester. Sounds like a gargle. So a couple things here. First off, didn't know his middle name was Carl. That's kind of bitch. It's kind of a dick move by his parents to name your kid Carl as a middle name. My middle name's Carl, but it's fine. Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. <laughs> uh, his mother, his mother, Carmen Larbalester, uh, is where he's getting his new addition to his name. So he's changing the name to honor his mother, who I will add is still alive. So it's not like, you know, she's passed and he's trying to immortalize her. She's very much fine. I think she's like 65. So, uh, yeah, so he was quoted as saying, I don't really fully understand the whole idea of why when people get married, the woman loses her name. So, you know, again, round of applause for Lewis Hamilton uh, for finally realizing this travesty of inequality after 37 years and taking the correct steps to make the change uh, by taking the surname of his mother's father. So the the patriarch of that, you know, good for him. Uh, I get this. <laughs> Didn't think about that. Did not make that connection. <laughs> I get the sentiment behind here. Like he's, you know, he's a champion for equality. He wants to make sure that everybody, uh, you know, is equally represented. I just feel like I wouldn't have gone with the name Larbalester. Like I would have picked another battle if the name that I was going to add was Larbalester. Yeah, he could have done like his father's mother. Yeah, something else that would have gotten a little bit, um, yeah. Something else that would have not been Larbalester. Yeah, I mean, if if that is a fat fat family's last name, <laughs> is that, does that not? When I think of Larbalester, you think of Lewis seven time world seven time world champion, <laughs> Lewis Hamilton Larbalester. Yeah. Larbalester and the kid growing up was overweight, and they called him Larbalester. <laughs> Just bullied him. Uh, well, Jesus. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> are we uh, are we doing this one? <laughs> you can do whatever you want. <laughs> okay. All right. Moving along from that blunder, uh, we got. <laughs> All right. Moving along from that, that does it for our recent headlines. Uh, obviously, like our typical race pre-race weekends go, we have one of my favorite sectors, the. Grand previews of Bahrain, hey. brought to you by Woo. Ian. Ian, uh, very excited to hear about this trek. What we got going on? Maybe some weather. Fill me in. Let's talk about the Bahrain Grand Prix in our Grand Preview here. Um, first off, let's talk. Yeah. So I'll cover this in four main segments here. Yeah. So I'll cover this in four main parts here. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Bahrain itself, the Bahrain Grand Prix, a little bit about the track, and some criticism of Bahrain itself. So let's start off with Bahrain. What is a Bahrain? Uh, Bahrain is not super popular, but it's a tiny country off the coast of Saudi Arabia. It's about 295 square miles, Marco. So about half of the size of Houston, Texas, if that puts it into perspective for you. Um, very tiny country loaded with oil, loaded with people, very population dense, loaded with some culture, and loaded with human rights violations. So things like excessive force by authorities, we got a little torture and detention, uh, killing political protesters, killing political journalists, kind of the whole grab bag. Anyway, the Bahrain <laughs> Grand Prix, <laughs> we've been racing at Formula One since 2004 with a quick break in 2011 related to some issues that I just mentioned. Uh, Mercedes and Ferrari 
kind of the two uh, dominators of this track here. They are tied um, in wins. They each have six wins on this circuit. Lewis Hamilton is the winningest driver on this track. He's got five wins, followed closely by a second-place Sebastian Vettel with four wins here in Bahrain. Um, this is going to be the eight, only the 18th running of the Bahrain Grand Prix. So it's not like Monza, where we've been racing there forever. It's not like, uh, you know, Monaco that's 60-some years old. This is only the 18th year. But luckily, because I love the track, um, the contract has been reported to be extended until at least 2036. So another 14 years at minimum. We're going to be racing uh, at Bahrain for a long time and with good reason because this track is awesome. So uh, talking about the track... Track is around three and 3.3 miles around, a little less than three and a half miles. Um, 15 turns around the whole track. Perfect to get some action, really get the blood pumping started at the beginning of the season here. It has the third most overtakes on average since 2017. Um, so, you know, those overtakes are most likely going to happen um, on four main straights that it has. Two long and two medium to short straights. Um, those two DRS detection zones that they have on that track are at the beginning of the long ones. So um, that's where we're going to be seeing the mayhem. Races past here have been awesome. Like the, there's just no two ways around it. Like it's, it, they've had really cool races here. Um, and I mean, especially with the new regulations, I think this is just going to be probably, probably, I'm going to call it early. This is going to be a legendary race here, Marco. Nice. Uh, and then we would be doing our job as journalists if we didn't cover the whole picture of Bahrain. So I'm going to touch, just a touch on um, some of the criticisms that Bahrain has had as a country, that F1 has had for uh, allegedly sports washing, which is basically like um, trying to erase the human rights violations that the country has by just holding a big sporting event there and saying, hey, everybody, kind of like jingling keys so that everybody like turns their head. Uh, away from the people who are uh, dying unjustly. So a uh, little bit of the criticism, like you know, there's a collection of like human rights groups led by the Bahrain Institute for Rights and Democracy, um, BIRD. So I guess you know, the the crew out there can decide whether this organization is even real or not. Yeah, um, some Bird, might say BIRD. <laughs> BIRD claimed that Bahrain Grand Prix had become a focal point of popular protests and like serious human rights abuses committed by the Bahraini security forces against protesters. So they were, you know, essentially this is like the, the police of uh, the policing, the police that come in and are like, hey, we, uh, we got some things that are sketchy going on here. And that is all I'm going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> all in all, I'm not sure Bahrain is like a perfect place, you know, but who's perfect among us, I guess is what I'll say. You are part of the sports washing. Hey, it was not perfect. Look at this. We're fine. We all hey, make mistakes. Hey. You're part of the problem. Yeah, I guess. All right. Well, that was extremely interesting, Ian. Thank you for our Bahrain. Oh, actually, and weather coming in tomorrow, Saturday, will be a high of 76, low of 68, a little breezy. So we're going to see how that affects them. With these new cars, I'm very curious with like a very windy day. That really struggles with that. Um, maybe we see some side pods get a little kicked off again. Who knows? Sunday, we have a high of 79, a low of 71, sunny, not too windy. So this is, to me, I think this is damn near perfect racing weather. So uh, cannot ask, like you said, great track. We got some great weather. We're going to have a great weekend. Bang, bang. Bye, bye. And since it is Friday, we have seen uh, the first two free practices in Bahrain. Uh, to recap those practices, I'm going to hand it over to my buddy Marco.
Marco, pass it over to you. Pass it over to you. I don't want to have anything to do with this. <laughs> you cover know. all of these. I'm not talking about anything at all. For the time's sake, I'm going to try to get through my practice sum up in less than 30 seconds. You ready? I want to hear it. Let's do it. All right. Three, two, one. All right. Practice sum up. Max Verstappen, fast boy. He's whipping around the track. Uh, seems to be kind of the favorite in terms of practice. Ferrari also looked quick as a team. Uh, no real one or two there. Mercedes look bouncy with the porpoising that they have. They also have some front brake problems. So does McLaren. Um, there have been some lockups going into turn one, so keep an eye out for that for the rest of the weekend. Both Haases are in the top ten. That's something not to scoff at there. And Alpine had an entire ass side pod come off their car. I think that was... It like right at 30 seconds, folks, dude. The folks at home can count that. I'm that, pretty that sure you nailed it right weird. at the dot, dude. That's <laughs> right in. Very nice. Thank you. I'll tap to you. All right, so that was kind of a sum up of FP1 and FP2. FP3, 7 a.m. Central time tomorrow. Can't wait. Ian's going to be up 6 a.m. Ready and raring. He loves those FP3s, he always says, and he's going to report back to us. Thank you, Ian. Uh, moving along to our race predictions. We're bringing these back as the champion. I am still waiting for my sh- giant thing of champagne from Ian. Don't know what the deal is with that, but uh, I digress. We'll go into this that year. in the mail, I think. Yeah, it's still in the mail. Interesting. Yeah, FedEx, you know, struggling. Um, and we are starting the year off clean slate. I'm excited to get a second year in a row, another win dominate you mentally and physically like always and jesus do you want to start us off like i'll i'll let as the winner i'll let you start off if you'd like no i want you to start it's make it take the winner yeah it is true that makes sense i did i did win i did win (laughs) who do we think will crash or dnf i'm gonna go with i just feel like it's not right like mazapin's gone right and that was a a soul of our guy. I'm going to take the guy that's replacing him. I'm going to go with Kevin Magnuson. All right. I am actually going to go with his teammate, Mick Schumacher, just trying to uh, prove himself on with his teammate. just trying to prove himself that he deserves to be there, that he can beat an old F1 driver in Kevin Magnuson, and I think he's going to get too aggressive and uh, and lose it. All right. Very excited. All attacking Haas early. I thought that they were looking yep. good, but we still got to, you know, yeah, like you say, Show us, we'll believe it. <laughs> uh, all right, I'll go winner. I, I'm just gonna. I, I can't go away from the champion on on the first race here. I think he still got it. They look fast, so I'm gonna go with Verstappen as my winner. I really like that. I'm gonna switch it up a little bit. I'm gonna go with Carlos Sainz. I just think like Ferrari looks good. Charles obviously is the talk, but I would love to see him show that like he's just as good as. Leclerc, and I think he showed it towards the end of last year. I think so, too. But you went Max, but oh, whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, I'll go next. I'm going to go with last place. Going to go with Alex Albon. I don't think I have a good feeling about Williams this year and him just being new in the car. Um, I don't know. I think it's going to be pushing it a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Guan Yu Zhou. I think uh, Alfa Romeo don't look too quick, and he's going to need some time to really settle in, especially on like a you know bottom of the field car. For our next pick, uh, so we've done crash DNF, we've talked about winner, last place. This next category is most overtakes. 
for most overtakes, I'm going to go with Sergio Perez. I think he's going to uh, maybe not qualify well, but that Red Bull looks quick, and he can make up some of that space. I am going to go with Lewis Hamilton. I think that maybe he kind of has like a – he can't get a great clean first like full lap, but you extend that out to 50 however many laps that like he's still – the car's still good enough to like pass in the long run. So I think he might not have a great quals, but has a decent Sunday. I like that actually. Good stuff. Thanks. Thank you. Driver of the day, I'm going to go with Max. As right. for many I'm reasons. Gonna why. Go, yeah, I'm going to go with Carlos for as many of the nice other Nice little switcheroo, why. a little back and forth. I like it. Yeah, nice. Uh, our next selection is our sponsored selection, Douche of the Day. <laughs> and my Douche of the Day is going to be one number 63, George Russell. I think he uh, gets a little overzealous in his first time out racing for Mercedes as a Mercedes driver. Uh, Mercedes as a Mercedes teammate, like full-time. So count George as my Douche of the Day selection. I'm going to go with someone that I think is going to maybe be up there with max as like one of the one of the most like controversial guys here and one of your least favorite i'm gonna go with yuki uh during free practice there was two instances with him and leclerc under investigation for fighting uh and then makes contact with stroll like in the same free practice like really risky move at turn eight like if he was actually racing uh both got under investigation He's had his issues last year. I think that we're going to see a lot of Yuki causing some issues. A little hothead. I like it. Yeah. Uh, I have next fastest pit stop. I am going to go with the boys that got me probably to the victory last year. I'm going to go and start off the year with Ferrari. I like that. I'm going to, uh, I mean, if you're going that strong, then I have to go Red Bull as my pick. So count me in for Red Bull. All right. Uh, Maybe the pit stop championship and also... The driver championship so uh very good head-to-head that we got going all right i'm very excited nice our next selection is just our wild card prediction just something that uh doesn't necessarily happen all the time but uh but we think could uh my selection is going to be i want our american boys haas to finish with at least one car in the points hasn't happened for god knows how many races going on 30 i guess now um but yeah sign me up for the boys at haas nicking at least one of those uh p9 or p10 spots yeah calmly foolish i i'm i feel good i feel good about them like dabbling a little bit more into the into the points this year so i love that pick i'm gonna go with um it's kind of a parlay like both have to happen i'm gonna say that lewis hamilton does not land on the podium and george russell finishes ahead of him so it can't be like a George two Lewis three like Lewis ha- like it shows that he didn't have a Lewis day, and I think George outperformed. Sure. So I think right that's fair, right? I'll accept that. Okay, I'll accept that. Yeah, parlays are tough, man. I'll tell you that. And our newest addition to the race predictions, we're gonna go with fastest lap race prediction. All right, my, with my fastest lap, I am gonna go with George Russell. Just put him on some hards at the very end. I feel like he hasn't struggled as much as Lewis that we've seen this year. Maybe sandbagging, maybe not. More than One more than the other. But I could see George, yeah, just towards the end being like, let's get fastest lap, let's strap him on, go crazy. And he pulls off the fastest lap. 
I definitely think he'll be able to. I'm going to go with his teammate, Lewis Hamilton. Uh, kind of similar situation. I think they're going to be you know, down in maybe fourth, fifth place and realize that you know, snagging one extra point for the fastest lap point is going to be worthwhile. So, yeah, put me down for Lewis. And our very last prediction, uh, this is going to be decided tomorrow, Saturday morning, when the, uh, you know, the gloves come off. We're really racing and seeing what these cars can do. Pole position. Who do we think is going to get pole position? Give me a Charles Leclerc pole position tomorrow. For my pole, that's a fantastic pick. And almost like I might have picked that one. But I'm going to go with top of my head. We haven't talked about him really. Lando Norris. Screw it. McLaren, they have looked like shit. I don't think this is going to happen even a little bit. But I'm a crazy guy, so let's do it. It's like putting like a right. 1,200. I mean, I'm like St. Peter's right now against Kentucky. No one believes yeah. it. Let's see it. No one believes it. And you also wrote McLaren again for pole position, just as like as a team. Okay, first of all, still the odds of you winning your pole with McLaren compared to the odds of me winning with both McLe- McLarens, still heavily in your favor. <laughs> I don't know about that. It's too early to tell. Yeah, okay. I'd, I'll put a wager on it. How is this? At, we're, we're meta betting right now. <laughs> yeah, I do. But if I, it, like, if one of ours wins, the other has to pay what amount? All right, twenty bucks. What? No, I don't. You can keep McLaren. <laughs> <laughs> you, you turn, flush, you snip, snap, snip, dude, snip, snap, snip. <laughs> Fucker. Yeah, I knew you wouldn't do that. All right. Well, you said Lando Norris. Yeah, I meant Lando, and I was, like, thinking Lando McLaren sucks. And I was saying McLaren's been awful, and I wrote as I, <laughs> I do. All right. Well, Marco. All right. Well. Sorry, Lando. Here, I'll, I'll get Lando next time. That That's a gentleman's agreement. No, dude. I don't want you to fucking baby me. All right. Well, it's, you're acting like a baby. Make you like a baby. And that will do it for our race predictions. Marco, we're back. We get to watch racing tomorrow. The gloves come off, qualifying for the first Grand Prix of the 2022 season. I mean, we made it, dude. We did it. Congratulations to you. Hard work. We get rewarded in a qualifying in a mere eight hours. So look at us. Nice. Yeah, here we go. All right, well, thanks, everyone, for listening. All right, well, that will do it for us. We appreciate everybody for listening. Uh, and yeah, let's go racing, Marco. Room, room, motherfucker. See you, assholes. See you, assholes. <laughs>